everyone, and welcome to That Lux Life Podcast. I'm your host, Aisha A.K. Lesh of the petite fashion and luxury lifestyle blog, Living Lesh, where I aim to redefine what luxury means and lead you into living your best life. Each week, I'll be bringing you those tips, secrets, and bits of inspiration that will take you into living your luxurious life without the four-figure price tag. So get ready to live your life in luxury, because guess what? You deserve it. So when it comes to having a luxurious lifestyle, the one thing we also need to focus on is what's going on with us personally. All of the money, if we get some through our businesses or our work or whatever we're doing, or even just all the things that we can get that money can or can't buy the trips we go on. If we are not okay personally in our own relationships, then that luxury that we're looking for, that luxurious lifestyle is not going to exist. So in this episode, I want to talk to you all about the first years of married life. Now, this episode isn't just talking to those who are currently married and going through their first years of marriage. And it's not talking about those who are engaged. And it's not even talking to those who are just thinking about engagement. This is basically for anyone who is in a relationship so they kind of think forward and think about what they want to do with their lives. It's a conversation that I wish that I also had before I was married. Again, I have no regrets in my life, but there are certain things that I wish were said to me, told to me, explained to me so that I knew how to prepare myself and be able to communicate effectively and avoid some of the conflicts that I had with my husband in these past few years. So the first thing I want to explain to everybody is I am currently in my third going on fourth year of marriage. So I'm still in those beginning first years of marriage. In my personal opinion and just from those who I've talked to that the beginning of your marriage and the struggles you have in your in your first years of marriage goes from years one through five. Your first year tends to be the hardest, but one through five still deals with those struggles because you're still trying to figure out who you are in this relationship, how things have shifted. And then if you are married in your 20s or, you know, this is your first marriage or it's just you're early in your marriage, you're still also figuring out yourself along with figuring out this other person. So it's a lot of dynamics and things coming into play. So one of the first things that I wish that someone had told me in um, as I was preparing to get married is that there is still that honeymoon period. So in the beginning of your relationship, we all go through that honeymoon period of just meeting. We're infatuated. We're falling in love. There is all of that going on. And of course, you know, planning the wedding can get somewhat stressful depending on how you go through it. Uh, for me personally, I planned my entire wedding myself and only had a day of coordinator. So I dealt with a lot of the stresses of planning on my own. But then once the day comes, you are in a blissful state. You go on the honeymoon afterward and then you go into another honeymoon period. You all are newly married. Now you're talking about even more things of the future. So now those plans that you may have talked about, such as children, houses, careers, now they become a real thing, a real thing going into effect. Yes, in your relationship, you may have talked about those things, but somewhere in the back of your mind, you're also going, okay, if this person makes a choice, it doesn't really directly affect me. Now, as you're married, all of your finances are tied together. The choices you make directly affect the other person. Anything that you do now has to go through some kind of different thought process, a different communication process that was different than when you were just dating because there wasn't as many ties that you have when you are married. So of course, again, like I'm saying, you're going through that honeymoon period right in the beginning and then, you know, reality hits. You are now married and there are certain ways that you lived and certain things that you like to do that 
aren't quite flying with your significant other. And that that happens. That that is one of the struggles is it was previously ignored before. Or maybe you're just like, you know what? I'm not going to bring this out. But now both on the male and female side, I mean, I'm only speaking personally from the female side and, you know, just from conversations I've had with my husband is you get to a point where you just get comfortable. We all get comfortable. We get married. Now this person is essentially, you know, chained to you, if you want to put it in that way. Um, And you get a certain comfort level to where this person thinks, you know, I'm with this person for the end of my life and I hope it stays that way. So how I want to go about things, how I'm going to go about things. Um, But it, it doesn't always sit well with the other person. So in the first years of marriage, what you want to do is effectively work on your communication. That was one thing my husband and I struggled with is we weren't communicating in a way that the other person could fully absorb what was being said. Um, For me personally, my way of communicating is just when the incident happens, if there's a conflict, get it out on the table right then, let's hash it out, let's go through the motions, let's deal with this right here in this moment because I don't wanna go to sleep angry. I don't wanna dwell on this for too many days. Whereas on my husband, he likes to absorb the moment, absorb the conflict, think on it, reflect on it, and then visit it maybe a day or two later when we're clear-minded and our emotions aren't tied into into that moment. Where, of course, like I was saying with me, I'm more tied into the moment and I want my emotions that are being felt then to come out versus waiting a day or two later and have those emotions come back again. I'd rather deal with them in that moment and let them go. But my husband and I, you know, we're opposites in that in that respect. And I think, you know, over the years we've had to deal with, you know, talking about that. How are we going to meet in the middle where, you know, we can have the conversation where the emotions are not 100% there as they are in that moment, but we're not letting the emotions fester and the moment fester for multiple days. And it's something that we are still working on. Um, Again, I said we're going in our third, fourth year. The, The beginning years of marriage is you know, within those first five years. So we're still dealing with a lot of these, these aspects that are happening, these struggles that are happening and our communication is getting better. Um, But it's one of those things where it's a constant thing you need to work on, Um, which kind of brings me to my next point. In in the first years of marriage, it's not going to be blissful all the time. It's work. Marriage is work. You can ask any married person. Marriage comes with an establishment of working and constantly looking to improve your marriage, improve how you're doing things and improve how you all communicate, improve how you all, um, you know, mesh with each other, you know, how you all are changing because we don't stay the same once we get married. It's not, oh, you marry this person and on that day, this is the person you marry and they're gonna be like this for forever. As you know, we, as we age, we grow, we change. Our circumstances change, which change us. Um, you may have children, that changes who you are as a person. You start thinking differently. Um, you may have career change, or you just realize you're not in the career you wanna be, or there's just so many things that change and you change as an individual. And it may come to the point where you look at the significant other and go, I'm married to you, but you're not the person that I married a while ago but let's reconnect and find each other and learn more things. I think that comes back to communication is making sure that there's an open dialogue so that whatever is going on internally with you, you're sharing that with your significant other, sharing that with your spouse. So it's out there, it's on the table, and it's not months later where you look at this person and go, they don't know anything about me at all, and you expect them just to know. 
Um, and in both ends, no one's a mind reader. No one is a mind reader. I mean, that would be the most luxurious thing of all if we could all just read each other's minds to a certain ex, like you know extent. I mean, I wouldn't want anyone in my mind fully, but we have to also realize, you know, personally as females, and I hope you know if there's any males listening to this, they're hearing this as well. Is you know you have to be able to openly communicate and share, and not always assume. Um, assumptions can be very deadly in a relationship. They can start a lot of conflicts, a lot of issues because one person's assuming one thing and it's not actually the truth. And then you get frustrated based off of that assumption. And then you go on not trying to bring up the issue or talk about it. And the next thing you know, you're super angry. It turns into this, you know, big uh, hot air balloon that's floating around in, in your space. And once you confront them about it, the person's like, this is not actually what happened. Um, why are you acting like this? And then you realize that you were wrong, but then now your significant other is now angry because you went along with that assumption for so long. Um, so again, this all ties back to that aspect of communication, you know, changing goes into communication, you know, setting those goals goes into communication. And I think that's where like, we want to lean into that next point of, you know, in a relationship in the first years of marriage, set goals of what you want to do personally, but also what you want to achieve in you all's marriage. In the first years of marriage, setting goals in the relationship and how you all want to see your lives is, I think, something ideal that you want to do so that you're all on the same page. And those goals can tie into things, you know, in your relationship personally, but also things that surround you in your relationship. Um, so kind of looking at the bigger and the more easier aspects first is you want to set goals on, you know, where you're going to do to expand your family, whether you're going to have kids, how many kids, what's the timeline on those kids. Um, you know, can you afford it? You know, talking about all of those things, setting those goals. Um, one of the things that my husband and I did when we first, you know, finally came back for our honeymoon, settled down. Um, we did talk about having at least two children. Um, and, you know, speaking about, you know, where, where that fits into our life. And I think that also came to the fact of we didn't really want to have uh, children without having a home first. We want to make sure we had the space for them. Um, to grow and to flourish and you know right now we have our first son he's he's about almost one and a half and he came um, probably about a little bit before a year that we actually had stayed in our house so we actually moved in our house we bought our first house um, and then we started working on having children I um, mean we had talked about that during the home search process cause at that point we'd already settled on that we're going to be buying this house so now it was the next step and I think in the beginning when we set those goals we talked about as soon as we move in the house, we're going to try to have children. Um, and I think that also played along with, you know, my physical timeline as a female. Um, and I think, you know, on the male side, my husband did hear the aspects of, you know, my health as a woman and how I want to bear children and where I want to be and the things I want to do. Um, but he also kind of, you know, had me consider where he was in his life as well. So it has to be an open communication. Yes, it's the female's body. Um, but I think, you know, even me as a female, I also wanted to take in consideration how it affects my husband, you know, on an emotional level, um, and, you know, a financial level and all the things that tie, tie into us being together because it's a decision you have to make yourselves, um, together. But, um, it was one of those things where now moving forward, you know, we have our first child, we want to at least have two. And we talk about that timeline next, you know, how far apart we want them to be. Um, also now absorbing the the cost of, 
you know, having a child. I mean, everyone tries to warn you that having a child is expensive, but you don't even realize the true price of what your child could cost um, when it comes to food, clothing, you know, medical bills, um, all of their needs, um, the extra things you have to go through, um, you know, not even just financial things, but the cost of it, you know, based off of your time and your goals and, and all of that. And it's a good cost. It's, it's a very good cost. Um, but you know, now that we're aware of what it costs to have a child, it now allowed us to sit and communicate and talk about the next goal of having the next child and where we want to be. And it definitely came to the point of, okay, you know, how old do I want to be when we have the next child? Um, you know, especially pertaining to my, um, medical issues. I mean, me personally to share, I have PCOS. Um, so it's one of those things where I also have to be careful of that and, you know, the timeline that could affect and, you know, what, what that may entail depending on, you know, where in my age, because of course it gets a little bit more complicated, um, as I get older, as if for any female, but with PCOS, you know, they say, you know, it might be a little bit easier in your early thirties. Whereas like my peak of fertility was around like my mid twenties. And now as I, I get there later, it's just kind of getting closer and closer to not being a peak in, into my thirties. Um, so we spoke about that. We also spoke about, you know, do we want to have two children running around at the same time to two babies that, um, you know, one can't quite help. So we're, we're spending a lot of time with the other one and one, you know, our, our son now he's very attached to mommy. And, you know, if you have another child carrying that child and then when the newborn is here is, you know, how does that, you know, affect that child? So that's a conversation that we had. Um, and these are all things playing out in our first years of married life. And it's a luxury and it allows me to live this luxe life to be able to openly communicate with my husband and have him be there as someone I can depend on and go to when I'm having these internal struggles and, you know, sharing, sharing this life with him. Um, and those are the other things. And then, you know, those are more of the, the bigger, the bigger kind of more physical goals, I guess you would call them. But then you also want to set emotional um, and mental goals with your significant other. And that comes into how you all want to grow as individuals and how you need that other person to support you. Um, and it can come into, you know, personally for me is one of those things is after I had a child um, and, you know, as I get older, you know, a lot of women get a little bit more self-conscious. I will admit that I'm one of those people. So I openly communicate with my husband as a goal is I just need him to further make me feel beautiful and loved and comforted as the years go further and further. And that that need is going to become more and more as I get older and I need a little bit more closeness and, you know, a little bit more support when it comes to that um, just because of those things. And then just kind of making, you know, your significant other aware of any past mental history. Um, personally, again, for me, I suffered with um, depression and I still suffer with anxiety, but I went through a very big depression um, in my my early 20s. Um, and I made him aware of that so that, you know, if those circumstances that, you know, surrounded my depression and put me into a very dark place arise again, that I'm going to need to be there for as a support. And that's a goal of setting that goal to how you are going to support your significant other. Um, and he shared the same back, the goals that he needs from me um, to support him emotionally and mentally as he, he grows himself as an individual, um, you know, as a father, as a, you know, the head of the household, as a supporter, um, and as a husband himself, as just letting him know, you know, what my expectations are 
as a wife towards my husband because that's going to help again grow the relationship and that's the luxury of it the luxury of living a luxe life when it comes to relationships is making sure things are growing in your first years of married life um there's going to be a lot of changes there's going to be a lot of things going on um and you just want to be aware of those things you want to make sure you're again going back to i guess the thing i keep saying over and over again it's the biggest thing is making sure you're openly communicating because that's going to be the biggest thing that's going to make or break a relationship i mean overall in the first years of married life one of the biggest statistics is that a lot of people try to get out of their marriages they try to divorce easily and i i will admit that my husband and i have gone through those times where we've we've considered divorcing and leaving and i feel like you know at certain times i even thought it would be easier just to get up and leave because you know it's so much work but you know in those first years of married life you have to realize that it's going to be hard it's going to be work and taking the easy way out is not always the easy way out um when it just comes to like if you're stressed out or if you're just not getting through communicating effectively and you have to both sit down and share your wants and share your needs and that's one thing that my husband and i have learned recently is we've both done a lot of hiding our feelings from the other person you know structuring how we say things in certain ways avoiding saying things in certain ways to avoid conflict and we realize that in these first years that's not going to work um and it's not going to be the same for every single person and i think that's the luxury of a relationship is everyone's relationship is going to be different but i think the base of it overall is that communicating you have to find you have to dig you have to set that foundation and once you set that great foundation in a relationship, everything around that you're looking for when it comes to traveling, when it comes to buying luxurious things, living that luxurious lifestyle is going to come into play from that foundation. My husband and I have gone and done many luxurious things, going on great trips, being able to achieve things. We are currently in the process of about to build our, our custom home, which is going to be a luxury itself. Um, but without that foundation in our marriage, we wouldn't have gotten to you know, where we are now and be able to do all the things that we're doing. So as our, as this, this episode comes to an end, I just want to reiterate, reiterate and drive home, communicate, communicate in your first years of married life. Communication is going to be key. It's going to be the one thing that takes you into that Lux life.